0: It's always kind of surprising when I get pitched, uh, and I love it because I spend so much time asking people to come on the show, and it really brings the stress level down for me when I don't have to. And when it's Dayan Uncalling, it's really cool. Um, If you don't know Dayan, he's directed some of China's biggest movies. He broke out in 2001 with Bus 44, a short film that went to Venice, Sundance, and Cannes, and then he made Waiting Alone, his first feature, and that caught something here uh, about the youth culture in China, and it was a sensation. Then he made a movie with Daniel Wu and Kevin Spacey called Inseparable. So there were a couple of questions about Spacey that I didn't ask, and, and that's on me. I could have. I just didn't want to. I was having such a good time talking to Dayan. Deon. Anyway, Dayan's most recent movie is a movie called Wished. He made that in 2017, Uh, and depending on where you are, you can find his movies on Amazon Prime. Anyway, Dayon's assistant got in touch a couple of weeks ago, and I'm really glad we got to talk. Dayon's down-to-earth, really funny, very engaging, and I learned a lot. He doesn't have a project coming out right now, so we talked about his movies, and the state of China's film industry, and a lot more. So here is Dayon Hung. Where are you, by the way? Well, I was going to ask you the same question. I'm in. I'm. I'm. I'm right by child. Oh, Park.
1: okay. Cool. I didn't know you're in Beijing. So yeah, I'm in. Uh, I'm in. I'm in. I'm in Ah, you're in Shunyi, You're right by my uh, stepdaughter's uh, yeah. school down in there. Yeah, I. I am now officially in the place that I made fun of when I first came. <laughs> <laughs> when I first came out in in in, in '95. Uh yeah, it was like I'm like, oh, look at all those like, you know, like, you know. <laughs> it just didn't feel like China.
0: <laughs> so Shunyi, so Shunyi for people who don't know Beijing is like it's 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 basically uh, you know, an American suburban community, right? Yeah. Like there's like
1: I mean, it's comfortable and everything. I think once you have kids, then it's kind of like, you know, I'm just going to chill here. Just a lot easier. I'm not partying in the city anymore. So why bother? <laughs>
0: <laughs> so, so my stepdaughter, like always is like, why can't we live? Like so many of her friends live there. She just wants mm-hmm. to be there. So, so where, where,
1: where did you grow up? So I was, uh, I, um, I was born in Taiwan, actually. And so that's where I kind of, you know, went to just local schools. So that's where I ended up, you know, learning the language and reading, writing, et cetera. Um, but we, we kind of moved around growing up, all over the place. You know, in Seattle, uh, where my parents were originally from, and then and then in Australia for a few years, Canada for a few years, we were in Macau for a while. You know, so kind of all over. Grew oh, up wow, all over. yeah. <laughs> so yeah, we're where, where,
0: where were you in Canada?
1: Okay. So for my last year of senior high school, senior high was in um, on Vancouver Island. Where did you go to school? Also all over. But if you're talking about college, then uh, yeah, I went to, I was going to University of Washington. I was studying film at the time over there. So for my first two years, and then, um, then in my third year, which was right around the time when a bunch of Chinese movies were starting to get festival awards and stuff. Uh, I'm like, well, I didn't, you know, cause I wasn't paying attention to any of that, but uh, it, it kind of went on my radar. I was like, wait a sec that'd be interesting to check out what's going on over there because I already, you know, spoke the language and understood the culture. So I'm like, why not see what's happening? Uh, and it was really one of those things where I felt like, let me go check it out. It's one of those things you do when you're like 19, 20, <laughs> where you're like, I'm yeah, just going to yeah. go and just see what, and this is, I mean, a while ago, okay. This isn't like the China of today where everything's just, you know, and, modernized and a lot of uh, comfort and you can buy cheese, you know, like, no, this is back in the day when you couldn't do anything. <laughs> that was, uh, there's yeah. like one store, you know, that had it. Uh, but yeah, so, so I, I just on a whim actually just decided, let me go check. out. There's only like w- two film schools at the time. And, 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 um, and that's where a lot of those directors had graduated from. So I figured, let me go check it out, you know? So I ended up coming over here as a sort of a transfer student Uh, into the film directing program at Beijing Film Academy and then ended up just staying. And it was kind of, it was a very, it's a very weird way of how all that happened. Like, it wasn't like the plan back then to be like, you know, I'm just going to go and move there and, you know, live and start my career. That wasn't the, 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 you know, you don't think that far ahead, especially when you're at that age, right? So, um, but it was one of those things where after finishing school, um, you know, I had no money left, <laughs> I had a return ticket to Seattle, and I was telling my friends, and I, this is the God's honest truth, like, I was saying, you know what, I got about a week left before I got to go, there's nothing for me to do, I mean, it's maybe time to go back and, you know, figure things out, and uh, I got a call from somebody who had seen my, like, the student short film I'd done, and they are like, hey, uh, do you direct commercials? I'm like, you mean TV commercials? They're like, yeah, I'm like, Yes, I do. <laughs> so you know, uh, I can, I can do that, and so that's how I started, and and you know, started working, getting paid to do commercials, as you know, out of film school. So it was uh,
0: a wait, <laughs> and had you wait, 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 and you'd never filmed the commercial before. Not before,
1: before right? then, no. I mean, I'd done. That's amazing. Yeah, <laughs> you know, he <we> started <laughs> doing stuff, and and it was great because you know I. I was never really into commercial. I mean, some directors get into it. It's like their thing. But for me, it was never. But it was a great, obviously, you know, it was great for getting experience and playing with all the gear without having to worry, you know, and also getting, you know, making a living. So I was able to finally sort of officially, I guess, make that move and and start doing things.
0: Yeah. So so who were the directors that you were watching um, in those early days when you were a student?
1: Well, uh, back then, which basically dates me, uh, because it was in the mid 90s. And so it was like the, the you know, the fifth, the so-called the fifth generation, you know, like uh, Zhang Imo and Cheng Haike. And a lot of those films were starting to hit the festival circuits. Right. And um, and so it was like, OK, that's interesting. Let me see. Where are they? What are they learning? What is the, you know, and and yeah, ended up. Actually, having the same teacher as they had when I ended up at the film academy, so yeah, it was interesting.
0: I've been in Day On world over the last few days, <laughs> and and I've been just watching your movies nonstop. So so I, I watched you know I watched Bus Forty Four, which is you know a mm-hmm. short, and then Waiting Alone, mm-hmm. Inseparable, Wish, you know which are right. features. And, and you made you made Bus Forty Four in two thousand one. Yeah. Uh, 20, 20 20 years, you know, it's on YouTube now. Yeah. Yeah. yeah, It's 20 years. And and it's, everyone should, it's on YouTube now. Everyone should go watch it. So when was the last time you
1: saw it? Um, it's been a while. Uh, I know a while back there was, um, something else resurfaced, which was like a comedian who had in his set, he was an English comedian in his set. He had actually told the whole story of that film in it, <laughs> which is which is really weird but funny at the same time. Uh, I mean, he yeah. had a punchline that was like a really long roundabout way of getting to that punchline, but it was it was funny to sort of see um, that happen. And this was years after our film came out, but um, but it, but recently, yeah, it was kind of like it resurfaced a bit. So I had I had sort of um, also just looked at you know. The short, which has been a while since I'd seen it um but it's 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 funny because I remember after doing that film, I actually made it because I was kind of trying to prove to myself and I guess others while I was starting my film career that I can make a story more than like a commercial, you know it's not just a thirty second thing um and so that that was that that was sort of the reasoning behind that. Uh, was to sort of let me do something that's like a legit, you know, film, you know, and, and 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 now the funny thing is because it was so dark slash social commentary and violent, the next film that I had actually had the script of already before I shot Bus 44 was Waiting Alone, which was actually it's sort of like a romantic comedy, so. <laughs> it, like on the festival circuit, people were like, "Hey, so what do you have next? Do you have a feature?" I'm like, "Yeah, I got this thing," and I give them a script, and they're like, "What?" It's like <laughs> it was so different, 180 degree. Yeah, which in a way, either they would think that you know, it's like, "Can I pull that off?" Because it's very different, and vice versa. Because in some some people who hadn't met me, they were like, I, "You know, this guy seems like a real dark dude." <laughs> you know, and so.
0: Totally. I mean, when I, I watch the film, it, was, it has a really like with bus mm-hmm. forty four. Is it has a very specific moral point mm-hmm. of view, right? I mean, there's this shocking act of mm-hmm. violence that you know that that could be stopped mm-hmm. by a bus mm-hmm. full of people, and if they just work together mm-hmm. and do something. And you know, as, as somebody who's watching it, I. I, I judge the pa- pa- the passengers right. on the bus really <laughs> yeah. harshly. Maybe maybe because they are in a position to right. act, right? And they don't. Okay, so the movie was released in mm-hmm. two thousand one, and and I'm sh- I, I I have to assume you've been 100. asked this before, but like you know, the, the people mm-hmm. on the bus make exactly the opposite decision that passengers on American Airlines Flight Eleven oh, right. like mm-hmm. made on nine eleven, mm-hmm. right? So I mean, have you have people made those parallels to you before? Like what not.
1: Do you, do you think that had? Actually not really to be honest I mean because this we shot it you know before before then. I mean, it came out after it came out after 9, but we shot it earlier way earlier in the year. so it hadn't happened yet. Um, but the interesting thing is no matter where we went, like you know, festivals, different countries, any of them that I actually went to, afterwards we had audience members from respective countries just come up to me and say that oh my god something like this happened near our town or something happened you know it's universal it's this strange it's the you know the the for me it was the whole bystander effect obviously that was the main sort of theme and the fact that it will if we don't help each other it will come back and bite us in the ass, you know, it's, that's just the way the world works, and, and strangely enough, uh, things, it's actually very timely, (laughs) I guess timeless, I I should say, is the sort of the theme, uh, because that's just the way the world works, and society works, if we don't, like, you know, if it's like, you know what, I'm just, I'm okay, I'm good, I'm gonna watch, I'm just gonna be me, but guess what, if we don't all help each other, it's just gonna be you too, at the end of the day, So, so there's a lot of different things in there, um whether you agree with what happened in the end or not. The whole point was to sort of, you know, throw that out there for people to sort of figure out and decide on their own. And I I know a lot of people also it's kinda of like, well if it was me I wouldn't you know, but but are you sure? Because I think when we're all in that situation, you just never know. I mean, there's a reason why Exactly the robbers who come on the bus they are very tiny little knives. You're not like giant machetes. They're, they're, it's the, there's sort of the point is like, like, it's not that hard to overpower if everyone kind of did it, but nobody did, you know? And so I think that's, that's something that, you know, we can hopefully all sort of remember. <laughs> so did you, like, did you have an
0: idea of that being the stepping stone to doing bigger things? I mean, you, you were, you mentioned that, you know, you wanted to prove mm-hmm that that you could do you can make right. a film but did, was it like was there a greater strategy for you that okay you're gonna make this film and then you're gonna do oh, something else right. after that
1: um yeah i think you know here's the thing with film school uh, when you when you when you leave it you suddenly realize wait nobody taught you i mean you learned all the art stuff about filmmaking and maybe the craft of it or the you know the the, the things like that but but nobody actually tells you how to go get money to make a film (laughs) like nobody teaches you that not back in our day anyway and so it's like we you know when we're out there like we just like okay what how the heck do i get a movie made you know and and, then you know i already had like a script and everything but it was just it's just impossible um so that was one thing it's like i couldn't just say hey i have some commercials and music videos which for some people the work especially in those days, or even in, in, in Hollywood, you know, a lot of you know, music, video directors, and whatnot, but it wasn't really translating like over here, you know, the commercials we did were actually quite, I guess, different than what a lot of the other sort of my peers were doing, but not enough to get me a movie deal. So the idea was, okay, let me do something that's, that's, uh, that has a story. It's short, but, but I can show that, okay, I can direct actors. I can tell a story, you know, just the basics. Now, interestingly enough, that wasn't the one I was thinking of doing first. It was actually a very, it was another short that I wrote and it was kind of like goofy and just sort of like a comedy thing. And I, I got talked out of it <laughs> by, uh, by my Kung um, Baby who's who's an actress. Uh, but we were, you know, we were, we were actually already seeing each other at the time. And, um, and so she's like, okay, that other one is just stupid. She's like do this, do this one, and so she told me sort of this this thing, and I was like, oh, interesting. Yeah, maybe you're right. So I ended up doing that. So, you know, I got her to thank for putting one in the right direction because the other one would never have gone to film festivals. It would have been a nice, fun little thing to show as a as a sort of proof of concept, maybe, but it would never have gone to the festivals. So, and and you got. To the top festivals, yeah, yeah. That's what I was like. It was downhill from <laughs> there. The I just, you know, <laughs> I'm like, i like, no. because here's the funny thing. Especially for sort of film school grads, it's like that's the holy grail. It's like, oh, go to the big, you know, Cannes, Venice. You know, we went, we went all over. I mean, when after Venice and Sundance and all these other film festivals, and winning. Cannes usually does not take films if it's been to other festivals, but they made an exception. So we're just like, I'm like, there's no way, you know, it's like, I'm not going to be <laughs> trying to repeat this every time. It's just too stressful. Uh, but in a way, I always tell myself, it's kind of like a good thing, I feel, because then I'm, I no longer feel that, you know, it's like that thing you got to chase. You know, so it, it, it's it's double edged in the way it's like, wow, okay, you hit that real early, and I, I hit it when I just started my career. But at the same time, it allowed me to then be freer in the choices of what I wanted to experiment or or, or, or shoot afterwards, and in, in you know when I was doing other films, you know, I wasn't feeling like, oh, well, now I need to just continually do that, or I felt like I've been to all of those already. I've been there, done that, kind of a thing, you know.
0: So, so the next movie you, you chose to make was was Waiting Alone mm. uh, in 2004. Mm. And, and so uh, watching, it, mm. watching it and reading about it mm-hmm. today, um, you, you hit on something mm. there that, you know, on youth culture that hadn't really been expressed right. before in, yeah. in China. Um, so, so I've got a couple yeah, of questions sure. about that. So, so you're mm-hmm. in the film and, and you, you you write a great line for yourself. Um, so a character is surprised mm-hmm. that you speak such good Mandarin. Yeah. And, and compliments you, and, and you compliment mm-hmm. him back, and you say something like, "Oh, you're a vo- you're a joint venture," which mm-hmm. means that like you're you're half right. Chinese, right? So is, is that is that something you've said in real life? Yeah, like, yeah,
1: that was that was that was me trying to like, can I just say it once and for all, <laughs> so I don't keep getting it? Yeah yeah, 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 that's 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 how, I, that
0: yeah, that's how that was my impression. Especially back
1: <laughs> in the you know, it's like the in the in the two thousands, um, you know, it was just it was funny because first of all, there hadn't been. Films like that in China, you know, where it's sort of like it's it's a it, I guess it's like a romantic comedy, but it's not it's not like a cheesy sort of it's it's supposed to be very lifelike, Definitely not. you know, and, and I kind of equate it to sort of like 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 the swingers, you know, of China, that kind of a movie where it's about a bunch of, you know, friends and, you know, their mishaps in in, in trying to find love, you know, that kind of a thing. And um, and so that was intentional, like going back to your early question was I wanted to do a film or at least start out doing one that was about people my age, you know, in my 20s and something I wanted to do while I was younger. You know, I didn't want to be that guy who is like, you know, 40, 50 and I'm sitting there doing movies about 20 year olds (laughs) because because it's like you're going to it doesn't mean you can't make them. It just means you're going to be sort of a little bit removed from, you know, being the thick of it. You know, and while that story wasn't, you know, it wasn't like my life or, you know, uh, me per se, but there was a lot of stuff that came from living through those times, you know, and um, so that was something we wanted to do. And, um, and yeah, I think, it, it, you know, we we're lucky that it, that it hit a nerve and a lot of people... I mean, to this day, it's just strange. I mean, to this, I mean, it's also an old movie, but like they still, if I get recognized or somebody, they'll quote lines from the movies. So I'm like, you know, that's fun. Oh, that's yeah, so it's cool. like it's great to have that. And, and, and sort of, again, you know, that, it, it, yes, it adds pressure as well. But at the same time, I have to learn to sort of not, you know, and in some ways, it's a little unfair, I think, because what happens is then, then critics or whatever, Sometimes will be like, well, how come you're not doing it just as good as that or whatever? But I'm always trying to do something different. You know, I don't want to keep doing. You have no idea how many offers I got after that to do basically the same thing. Like we get scripts in, and I'm reading. I'm like, this is a rip off of my own movie. <laughs> it's like why? It's like, why would I do why? that again? I just, I don't want to do it again. Which you know, it's just not interesting for me.
0: Do you consider yourself an outsider in China? Um, Does that make sense?
1: Like in what?
0: Let me ask, tell you mm-hmm. why I asked that. Because there's a, there's a specific mm-hmm. reason I asked that. So, so I, I grew up in, to immigrant mm-hmm. parents in, in Canada. And when I was a kid, we moved to a city where there were uh, there were not that many immigrants. Right. I mean, not, not, at least not with my gra- mm-hmm. background. And that really forced me to disassemble what it meant to be Canadian. Right. And then that's what helped me adapt. And and it gave me a different point of view and a different understanding of what was happening around mm-hmm. me. And so, you know, when I watched Waiting Alone, like you have this real sensitivity, this real understanding of what is happening, mm-hmm. what is happening here. And I was just wondering, mm-hmm. like, I don't know, like, maybe it's maybe it's a reach. Mm-hmm. Uh, but do, do, you, do you feel the same? Do you feel the same way? Mm-hmm. Do you think that you have a different uh, understanding? You have a more nuanced mm-hmm. understanding of, of what uh, the culture mm-hmm. is here.
1: Yeah, no, I think because, you know, like I said, we, we kind of grew up kind of all over the place too, you know, so my family, but we kind of, um, and be, and besides that, I'm also from a multicultural family. So it's like, you know, part Chinese, part English, part, you know, Persian, I mean, it's got kind of all over that. It's like, and so to me growing up, there never was the idea of for just countries like it didn't it didn't have borders for me i i didn't it didn't compute you know like different races different colors. it just it just didn't until oddly enough until I kind of lived in the u s then I started of realizing like, oh I guess they kind of put people in boxes <laughs> you know, but uh
0: more so than any other place right? I've been to, it's, it's re- it was really interesting because more more than you know, my brother's mm-hmm. in LA, and and whenever I'm there, it's like people are very conscious mm-hmm. of culture right. and race. It's like oh, the, the Armenians <laughs> are, <trans laughs> right, forms, right, right. and then you know the African Americans right. are here, and then there's the Mexicans mm-hmm. over there, and the you know mm-hmm. whatever. And it just it, it it wasn't the way I grew right. up, and it was it was a shock to the system. Yeah, so, no, for me before yeah.
1: going there, same kind of a thing. I mean, to to me because we kind of grew up in the environment of also. You know, feeling like it wasn't like you don't see the races, but rather it was like it's a good thing. It's like you know, flowers, different color flowers in the same in a garden. You know, like it's a good thing, kind of a thing. So, for me to to sort of coming from that background, and then also when I first came here, I think it's probably a little bit of a different experience than other sort of foreigners or expats out here, um, because I think first of all because I, I already spoke the language fluently, and I was part Chinese in some ways they kind of like and also came from the system here so in the sense because i came out of film school here everything in my career starting was here i kind of became considered sort of like, okay you're one of us kind of a thing so in that sense i think um uh i guess it was you know quote unquote insider kind of a situation now i had already grown you know, like I said before, writing the film, I'd you know it'd been a few years. I'd already been living here, so what I think what they felt like audiences felt like, oh wow, this is totally us. It was because I was in the thick of it. I was I was in there, in with everybody else, and the changes that were going on in society at the time, or, or sort of what young people did. But on top of that, what I what I tried to do specifically was to sort of find the com- common. I guess the common denominators in the sense that with youth culture, especially, it's actually very similar everywhere, you know, and and we sort of noticed that because, you know, when we were having exhibitions of the film in other countries, People were laughing at a lot of the same places because when guys, you know, make jokes or you know, we talk about a girl or whatever, you know, it's it's very similar. You know, and I think it was very surprising to because, people at the time. They're like, Is that China or is that like some fake made up version that you did? I'm like, no, that's what it is, man. <laughs>
0: Because in your, in your teens, and your 20s, like, it's all about the like, yeah, hormones. exactly. It doesn't That's matter where, where you
1: are. <laughs> You're listening to the same sort yeah. of kind of music. You're wearing the same kind of clothes, you know. So I kind of, that to me is more of a draw than sort of, oh, let me make a movie about sort of the the, the big differences, you know, of, of us. You know, at that time, anyway, I had no interest. You know, for me, it was just more about what's, what makes us same, you know.
0: Yeah, that's cool. And that's actually it's quite interesting, because that's one of the things that I, I, I want to do with this mm-hmm. podcast, you know, this we're in this time that's so fraught, you know, yeah. and, and the um, the relationship between the West and China is just at, it's really at right. low right now. And what I what I want to do is try to talk to people and see what are the yeah, common. I think that's great.
1: Yeah. Because there are, I think, beyond sort of just the typical sort of political headlines. At the end of the day, if you're talking about just people, there's just just way more similarities and things we have in common the things that, and it's kind of it's a little bit frustrating i think um i don't know how you feel but it's like where you where you sort of speak both languages understand both places when you see certain things being said in in different places you're kind of like oh my god you guys are actually thinking about the same thing but you're not communicating it in that way yeah, and you're all getting exactly. angry at each other for this thing yeah. which can actually yeah. be said this way and it'd be yeah. okay you know? yeah 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 just this let's yeah, just talk yeah. let's just talk okay yeah. let's say, yeah
0: yeah It's amazing <laughs> um so so one of the main takeaways that american critics took from from waiting alone i think was that, yeah, wow this is like they, they were like wow this is really really good and you were you were praised for your versatility the warm humor of your script like do you like do you care about crossing over to the u.s with with your with your career is that is that something that you think yeah, about yeah
1: no i think i think look i think for me it was always like
0: that
1: but yeah i always kind of grew up in a like I said, it's kind of like global playground scenario. I'm just like, you know, I'll just go wherever that's fun, you know, (laughs) no borders for me, you know? And so look at the end of the day, um, you know, because what I guess sets me apart from, from a lot of my peers here, first of all, is I, I do speak English and, and I'm American to begin with. And also I, I, you know, uh, have sort of, Projects and ideas that I would like to also do over there, you know. So, yeah, it, you know, if we can cross over with some of the films, the, the thing that's tough though is because in general American audiences, it's gotten a little better now. But in the past, especially, just do not want to read subtitles. <laughs> it's like, unless it was the you know the crowd that likes to go look for foreign films, you know, it was it was hard to sort of do that. But you know, in the last few years we actually you know. It, we're able to actually get the films on, you know, Netflix or Amazon or and, and so it's kind of interesting now with the streamers that it has as a whole sort of new lease on its life. It's not just in Asia, you know. Yeah, and Bong Jun Ho made that
0: comment right at the, when when he went yeah. for uh yeah. just just like you know don't don't let those right. <laughs> don't let those uh subtitles deter you from watching yeah. movie and uh, by the way I, i'm going on a tangent but like i i absolutely hate watching films with um the dub. with uh yeah. that are yeah, i can't, stand I, I can't do it yeah. i just yeah i can't yeah. do it all right so uh so let's jump to 2011 mm-hmm. and you make you make inseparable your next film mm-hmm. uh kevin spacey is in mm-hmm. it uh and daniel mm-hmm. Wu, who's a huge star mm-hmm. um in, Ch- in China, yeah, but but he's also made a breakthrough um, mm-hmm. elsewhere as well, and and he performed the role in English, which I think was the first yeah. time um, he yeah, had done the first that, time. Um, and I and, and I think he made, it's a really good performance. First of all,
1: yeah, he did good.
0: But was was he sort of in your mind? Was he inevitable for that role? Like was was because because he brings a lot to it? Yeah, no,
1: he first. I, <laughs> it's weird because usually I don't write for specific actors because you just never know are they available did he even like it did he want to do it um but with this one there you know after i'd written it he was the first person that came to mind you know it's like okay, there's no one else really out there that that can do this now initially my earlier versions of the script it wasn't it wasn't like a a bilingual or a you know it, it was just supposed to just all be in chinese um, the story itself was more of a local story. Now, even afterwards, when we made it sort of, you know, uh, English and Chinese, it was meant mainly for the market here, you know. I mean, it tra- ended up traveling because of Kevin Spacey's involvement at the time, you know, so, so yeah, we sold <laughs> a whole bunch of territories because of that. But it was never a, for me anyway, I was very clear, this is not, it's not like, it's, a, it's not an American movie, you know. It, it's in English, but it's not an American movie, so... It's about things that are happening here, you know, so, um, but yeah, so, so Daniel Wu's involvement was a, was obviously a must once we sort of decided to go that direction because I'm okay, first of all, he's totally right for the part. And number two, for me, it was important that the English be not distracting, meaning if it was somebody who didn't speak English, you can have you know, a lot of great actors, but But if the English, they didn't speak English, it's not worth it, you know. So I needed somebody who could do both, be a good actor and have good English. There's not a lot of people I can pick from. So... I am yes. I'm happy that he said yes. Otherwise, <laughs> the project. Yeah, it's
0: it's it's hard. It's it's hard. To, it's hard to act in a, in in the, in the language that you're. I mean, I know he's he's American as well, yeah. right? So that just makes a lot of sense. Yeah. But yeah, su- super hard to to act in, a, in in a language that's not. Yeah,
1: curious. it was funny when we first started because he also speaks uh, Mandarin in the movie, and he's actually used to speaking Cantonese. Because uh, he did a lot of the Hong Kong films, right? And so for him, yeah. At first, I remember it was like he was like, "Oh my god!" It's like just trying to switch between, <laughs> and, then, and then in English sometimes you switch, and it, it was just it was just a little bit weird at first because um, it was the first time, you know. All right. So
0: with 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 Spacey, uh, Amer- the American critics really liked his performance. Like, what 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 do you think he brought to
1: the role? I think first of all, it was it was something we were trying to do. I mean. This sort of goes back to an earlier question of, of with After Waiting Alone, like I said, there was a lot of sort of people wanting me do the same. And there's sort of this weird... I, I've noticed this now looking back with also a lot of other directors. It's like the second film. Sometimes you just trying to push away as far away as you can from the first one. <laughs> and so yeah. that's kind of what I think was happening. Like, I didn't want to do anything that was in the box. So that one was a very, you know and we knew this going in it's like okay either you know some people are going to really like it and some people are just going to hate it and, and and that's sort of what happened it was like a very but to me that's how that's how I can sort of try to continue to try and up my games like i don't want to do the same old thing you know
0: so for anyone who's not seen it like one of the you know the the, the main character he's you know he's dealing with some mental illness yeah. right and um the stuff that goes around that is quite complicated and, and you know, really goes to some fascinating places. Yeah,
1: I mean, it's, a, and, and the thing is, we, it was sort of a genre bending thing, which usually for, you know, commercial films, you know, they try to get you to not do that because it's like, okay, it's gonna be so hard to market, but this was sort of a social psychology. It, it wasn't it wasn't a comedy, which sometimes some of the distributors kept trying to pretend it was. I'm like, no, it's, I know what it is. It has some funny lines. It doesn't mean it's a comedy. You know? And, uh, yes. and so it's sort of misleading in some ways. And also because sometimes he's dressed up like a superhero. They'd be like, Oh, is it like a su-? I'm like, no, it's not nothing to do with that. It's he's, the guy's a little bit mental. Okay. It's like, <laughs> and so there's a lot of that kind of stuff, but yeah, I think, I think what Kevin brought to it also was first of all, it was the first, you know time someone like him you know a hollywood actor came to do a chinese film like that was fully chinese funded and so i think that appealed to him as well at the time because it was like a first and i know he you know he wanted to like try to do some different things we were trying to do something different daniel so was also doing something so it just lined up where a whole bu- like a bunch of us we were kind of on the same page about not just sort of like, oh, let's do something different for different sake, but more like, let's try to sort of go out of the box a bit with this. It's like, it's talking about things that were going on in society at the time. So these changes that were happening, there's sort of also the character, Daniel's character, you know, of of sort of, you know, people talk about a lot now about, you know, all mental wellness and whatnot, but, but, you know, even just what, around 10 years ago, it, it wasn't as prominent, but it was happening. You know, the the sort of the stress, a lot of the the sort of, I guess, the post 80, you know, the ho, uh, as they're called in China, of the, you know, people born in the 80s. And a lot of them had this pressure of being an only child. You know, they kind of like did all the things they thought they had to do. The rules of society says go to school, do good, get a good job, get a house. But then you have all this other pressure that nobody was dealing with or telling you what to, how to deal with. So you want to sort of play with that a bit. Um, and so, you know, obviously, and, and it sounds a little bit strange. It's like, you know, for people who haven't seen it, it's like, well, what the heck is this American guy, Kevin, doing in the movie? But once you see it, you know, uh, you'll it makes sense as what's going on. And, you know, and he brought a whole, you know, he brought a whole different, and it was, it was, look, I mean, with all the things that happened afterwards, you know, <laughs> in the news with him and everything else. But, uh, you know, all I can say is when we were filming, I didn't, you know, it was it was fine, you know, and, and he brought a different, he brought, like, it was great to sort of see that level, you know, uh, of craft going on, and, and, and to sort of be able to do that, Um and he was very sort of, you know, down to earth about everything, so that was fun, I mean, I think he just had fun doing something, he, he in fact, he, he went on a, he went I can't remember. Was it Kimmel or somewhere? And he was talking about filming. And he was like, "It was one of the most fun he's had on a film." So I was like, "Oh, that's cool. That's because he got the goof off in uh, Guangzhou and you know eat a lot of food and <laughs> so yeah."
0: And, and by the way, Guangzhou. Just seeing Guangzhou on film was so cool. I mean, it was really, really cool to see like a different, just a different just city. See, yeah, <laughs> yeah. Yeah, it was it was
1: hard, though, because at the time they hadn't really done a lot of films in like a span of 10 years before us. You know, they had a lot of older films being shot, but then for a while, for some reason, there weren't anything, you know, any films there. So it was really hard to get a lot of permits and whatnot. It was just a pain, I remember. But um, but it it fed into the sort of that that sort of. Yeah, that (laughs) psychological suspense uh, vibe.
0: (laughs) So your most recent movie uh, was in 2017. It was called. It's a it's a comedy called Wish, mm. uh, Wished, Wished. Yeah. Sorry, uh, which is a sort of, about a sort of every man who's in a rut and his life gets shaken up by the Earth Goddess who grants him 19 old wishes. Mm. Um, critics loved it. You got a shitload of awards. Mm. Uh, and what struck me uh, as I was watching the movie was 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 two things. Um, number one, I'm just I'm just enjoying watching a comedy right now, <laughs> <laughs> just just because I just. You just don't have comedies anymore like i just don't see comedies on movies and and number two like this is really racy i and i didn't realize you could get away with (laughs) this
1: i think we were probably the last person to get away with it because everything changed after that (laughs) so i'm glad you you enjoyed because yeah it felt like okay at least it was appreciated
0: Yeah, totally. Okay, so let me. Okay, there's there's jokes about lube, <laughs> sex with cougars. You know, his love his love interest shows up, and she's complaining about her like large breasts right. that I guess he'd wished for <laughs> you know a while ago. <laughs> so, yeah. so like what like Do you have to negotiate to get these jokes in the films? First of all, I know, yeah. I know things have sort of tightened up. Yeah, yeah, it was like,
1: no. It was first of all, yeah, because after after Inseparable, um, I kind of wanted to just do a. There's a while I was, I was kind of like, I just want to do something that's like a popcorn movie, you know, nothing, there's nothing real deep about it, you know, it has some themes that can connect, but that's it, you know, and just do like a fun, like a popcorn movie. Yeah. So, so, uh so it's like a fantasy comedy. And, um, and uh, the, the uh, co-writer, Justin Mallon, he's actually uh, he, 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 you know, he had this this uh, story around and we we're like, OK, how, how do we make this work? You know, so, you know, I, I adapted it to sort of add in a lot of the stuff that maybe makes more sense for audiences here. But at the core of it, it's still again, I like to try to do things that are a little bit more universal in its nature. So so I felt like, OK, these wishes, I think everyone in the role can add all guys anyway. <laughs> dudes can identify you <laughs> with these wishes okay and and the and the fun thing is like you know we've seen a lot of wish fulfillment movies in the past but what i think this was unique and also with justin's idea was that this is um you know this is these are wishes that maybe you've made you don't realize you've made but they were all your wishes at some point point. and so it's like retroactively granting wishes to you it's like what would happen if you got all your wishes that you made ever since you were a kid, you know, so that premise to me was something fun to explore, you know, because as, as we get older, I think it is, you know, you kind of just bitch and moan about a oh, if I only had this or oh, if only that, or if I grew up in this family or, and so it kind of explores that actually. So in that sense, we get to see that and it's like, are you sure you'd be a lot happier? Maybe not, you know? <laughs> um so now with the sort of the jokes, yeah, what you ended up seeing was actually only sort of half of the stuff, a lot of stuff. <laughs> I was to ask that. you about that. I was going to
0: ask you, like, what, what didn't make yeah, it into a the film?
1: Yeah, a bunch of stuff. And I think it was just sort of the times were starting to change around that time. We were, we, we had, you know, because for people who don't know, like in China, because there isn't a rating system. So they don't have, like in the U.S., you have G, PG-13, Rated R. Over here, they don't have that. So when they don't have that, it's sort of a mix of G and PG in a way, which means the film board, and they're the ones who finally give you their approval. Like in the U.S., it's the MPAA. You get a little certificate. Over here, it's the, the, the film board. And so they will say, well, you know, if you want it to show, then there's certain things you got to do to change it. And there's some things, and this is sort of a different sort of topic, but, you know, I figured I'd mention for sort of the non-China listeners, but sometimes you hear about the film board in, in the U.S., like, oh, they're making you cut this or take that or whatever. A lot of times, a lot of times, it's, it comes back literally just to the fact that because there's no rating, you kind of have to. You're not going to be able to do, like, Deadpool. and allow kids to just go watch that with people's heads getting cut off so of course they're gonna make you change it so you kind of have to if you want to show it you know so it's less I think a lot of times people think oh is it a political but in a lot of ways it's just not I mean yes some things are but for the most part it's not so this sort of because there isn't an exact guidebook to go by it kind of tends to change which is the thing that's a little bit you know, frustrating for filmmakers is because you don't know, okay, wait, is is it more relaxed now? Or is it? Is it okay now? Or is it not? Okay, you know, and so sometimes certain things like when we filmed it, at the time we had given the script, those things were okay. And I tend to sort of stick to the script. And when we were done with it, um, you know, a year goes by when you're done from filming. The 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 sort of the vibe had changed a bit, where they're kind of like, well, maybe less, you know, a little bit less of these sort of jokes, <laughs> and so we kind of had to do that, you know. But it's you find ways to do it, and sometimes, you know, when you're sort of put in the corner, you think of more creative ways to do things, and and we were actually some things were better for it. I want to say. Uh, but there's certain lines that, you know, I'm still like, oh, it's be, it'd be just way funnier if I was able to have the characters say it the original way, you know. So, but it's just, it's just give or t- I mean, the way I look at it is honestly, it's like, look, you know, if I was making a studio film in the US, the studio's like, you get nope, you can't do it because we want to do a PG version because it makes more money than rated R. You're gonna have to take those jokes out, you know. Now over there, maybe you get a little bit more haggling room, but, uh, but it's like, we were actually, you know, you do get some haggling room here as well. You know, so I'd be, you know, discussing with them. It's like, oh, come on. It's like, all right, how about I give you this, and then you let me have that joke, you know? And so and, and they're okay with that. They get it. It's not like they have no idea. They're not like a bunch of, you know, prudes saying, oh, you can't say this word. Yeah, it's like, dude, I know it's funny, but you can't. You just can't. I'm like, okay, fine, you know, so... but it was you know and and and, you know if you've seen my other films it's not the same like we kind of wanted a little bit of the raunch in this one as part of the joke you know it's not something i tend to do in my other films so i was like okay well that being said you know there are currently no plans to do any sort of that style of films anyway (laughs) going forward for a while
0: what, what is being made right now in China? What's, what's, what's hitting? If you go to the theater, what, what would you see?
1: I think, I mean, this I think the last year and a half, it's just been crazy everywhere in the world. I mean, just uh, everyone's trying to sort of figure out, you know, the marketplace and with the pandemic and you also have, you know, the, 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 because of the rise of the streamers, I guess, these are all sort of things that have been affecting the kinds of films that are getting made. Um, But on top of that, like in China specifically, which doesn't apply to too many other places, you also have sort of a lot of, uh, I guess, quote unquote propaganda type movies that are being made or historical movies that are are sort of, you know, that, that are, which is because the film board is now under the Ministry of Propaganda. So it's kind of like you have to sort of, what I try to explain to people in the States when they're asking is like, okay, it's a different system. You have got to understand it's like a different, you know, it's sort of a, uh, it's like, okay, you have some things that are free market and some things of it that aren't, you know? And so what happens is sometimes there's certain types of films they want to make. Then, then you go and make those. Now, some of them actually make a lot of money <laughs> because, you know, the box office and whatnot, um and but again i think audience at the same time you know you want to see different things and so what's been working recently that i've noticed it kind of just goes in and out like sometimes you know for a while like romantic films or those were dead for a whole long time recently they kind of pop back up again it's like oh those little sort of uh you know uh, about love on campus or you know those kinds of <laughs> you know college kids in love or you know those little things sort of pop up. Um, Those have been doing okay. You know, sometimes the thrillers do okay, but it's just, it's been really weird. So I think it's hard. I think, don't think anyone's been able to really get a full grasp, you know, of, of what works, what doesn't. And keep in mind from the time you actually write something or get a writer to write it for you till it's maybe on screen could be anywhere from two to three years and you don't know what's going to happen, you know? So in some ways I kinda of like I personally for me it's like I don't I don't try to go and chase that. It's like okay, what do I think is gonna be interesting for me to do? And and for me, like I have to actually feel that. I mean, otherwise I'd have a way longer filmography. You know, it's like if I don't see it in my head and get excited because I gotta work on it for two to three years, then I'd rather not do it, you know. So
0: I've read a, I've read a couple of interviews from you, like older inter- interviews uh, with you, just just you know, just to get mm-hmm. ready for this. And and in one CGTN interview you gave in, in 2017, you said that Chinese movies are sometimes rushed to theaters. Um, there, you know, people are just trying to cash in, and, and that has to change. So it's been like four years. Has has that changed at
1: all? Prior to yeah yeah, I mean before the pandemic, because again, I think we have to just draw a line because every, everything's not normal about the pandemic market. Uh prior to that, I think yes and no, which is a weird, sounds like a cop-out answer, but I think what happened was uh, there were a whole bunch of other things also going on at the same time in the marketplace here, you know, with, with regards to sort of regulations, uh, tax, et cetera, all kinds of things going on. So what was happening was a lot of those financiers who kind of want to do the quick cash-in route kind of went away. And so there was a little bit less of that, even though there were still, you know, producers who would still want to, I mean, that's the same in Hollywood as well, you know, where it's like, oh my God, that thing worked. Let's quickly do another one of that. Yeah. It's just, that's just business. You know, I can't imagine Hollywood <laughs> trying to catch in on <laughs> yeah, it, you know, which I kind of get. But again, as the as as on the creatives, I mean, from a business standpoint, yeah, that makes sense. Try to, like, cash in. Oh, my God, everyone likes sports movies right now. Let's do one, you know, but <laughs> that's sort of the danger, because, OK, you know, if, if you're doing it properly, it's going to be a couple it's going to be a year and a half, two years out. From when it comes out and things might change. Audience tastes change all the time. They keep changing. Um, they go in circles too sometimes, you know, it's like, oh, nobody wants this. But then after five years, everyone wants that again. You know, it's like, I always say it's like going to a restaurant. You want to keep eating the same thing. Right. Uh, but, um, but, but then that's why some of them do the rush job because they also know that they know that oh, well, we can't, this needs to go now and it needs to be out in four months. you know but then the quality is going to suffer for it too that's just a fact you know he's like you can't you can't have it both ways so it just depends i think you know what kind of a filmmaker do you want to be like do you want to just do that or you know try to do something better and but you you never know i mean (laughs) you cannot control the market
0: definitely and
1: so so read
0: through those interviews as well like you could tell that you've had experiences with with Good investors, and you've had experiences with with, with yeah, not so good yeah, investors, yeah. you know. So, so obviously, you know, all investors want yeah. a return, but you know, there, there's there's good money and then there's bad yeah. money. What, what does good money <laughs> do that bad money? No, doesn't? I
1: think. Look, I I learned my lesson, especially after the. It's funny, like the, with the second one uh, with Inseparable. You know, like I said, like Kevin was on the talk show saying it was the most fun he had. They didn't know what was going on behind the scenes because I, for me, my job as a director is to like make sure they just think about the character in the movie, you know. So I didn't get into it, but yeah, there's a reason why after that movie it was a few years before I even wanted to do anything anymore. Because I, lesson learned being really you got to be careful who you work with, you know, it's like, all right, is everyone on the same page? You know, does everyone want the same thing? out of this project you know and and for us it really it was you know just it was a strange mix that i don't think didn't work the financier first of all was not in the film industry which kind of like you know it's like all right i learned my lesson on that one you gotta be very careful you know because there's certain expectations that come that are totally unrealistic and 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 you know and and so, you know, you, you live and learn, right? He's like, you, you, you realize that, okay, next time, here's how I'm gonna do it. And so, you know. <laughs> yeah, and, and, sometimes, and
0: sometimes you have to you learn it the it. hard way. Just, oh, yeah, just looking this, back,
1: know. yeah. Now I can sort of think about the times, uh, you know, and sort of look at it with objectivity slash humor, <laughs> some of the things like, oh, the stupid yeah. things that happened. Yeah. <laughs> That's good. But yeah. at the time, no, I it was the worst year of my life, you know? and. And it was the stress of it all and everything. It was very depressing. And I did have having you know, I had a great time on set with the actors. And again, I think it's it's my job to keep the crap that's going on behind the scenes away from them. They don't need to hear about it because then they can't perform. Um, you know, but uh, but we had a great time making it while on set. But every night when I go back, it was just just nonstop. It was just and and. So, yeah, so lesson learned. You got to be careful who you, you know, work together with and whose money you're going to take. And so after that, yeah, it was a few years where I was like, you know, I don't want to do this. This isn't why I (laughs) wanted to make movies. You know, it it was you start realizing that, you know, the, uh, the the creativity part of it was so much, you know, most of the time involved was all the stuff I didn't like about making movies, which is all the, the, the business side of it and all that. So, you know, it took a few years to recoup from that whole horrible, (laughs) you know, traumatic experience, uh, where, you know, a lot of my hair went white and, uh, it it was bad. And then, uh, and then but that's also kind of why i was like you know what for the next thing i just want to go back to basics just do a fun little popcorn movie and and with that and the the partners and uh, producing partners anyone else i have you know lesson learned from the previous one <laughs> this time everyone had a great time and it actually became so far the most fun we've all had on a project and this is in front and behind the camera you know and the financers everyone got along and you know, so it, it was, it's like, that's the way, it's like, all right, That that's how, you know, being in a, in, that's how movie making should be, you know. I think what happens sometimes, financiers or investors or producers, sometimes if, if you don't know each other well, it's like, they don't realize how important that is. It's like, if you want something good, you got to foster an environment for that.
0: So, do you have anything in the pipeline right now?
1: So, yeah, I mean, um, prior to uh, the world changing suddenly, <laughs> the plan was. Oh, oh that. god, yeah. <laughs> no, the plan was after after wished. Um, I want to sort of move into a different phase for me, and I call it my two point phase, where I want to sort of move into sort of the bigger, sort of the bigger budget, the the bigger sort of uh, realm of stuff. I felt like okay, it's time now to sort of move away from from those things and so you know he worked developed a a pretty big um like a sci-fi thriller which a couple of years ago would have been fine because there's plenty of financiers around that in the market was roaring you know so it would have been pretty easy to get going um but it's kind of like by the time we surfaced out of development and whatnot with a script that i was like happy with i mean we for me it was like okay this means having to completely do everything from scratch you know this isn't like i said i wanted to do something that was much more elevated than previous and um but it's kind of like i liken it like you go scuba diving and when you come back up everywhere is burning that's what it <laughs> that's what it felt like because <laughs> you know because you're in your own world you know it's like you know me the development people where you kind of just doing loads of drafts just different ones you know i'm seeing the news yeah like things are oh, okay but, it's, you know, I'm, I'm doing meetings, I was in L.A., actually, sort of preliminary doing stuff, and we're like, okay, we're going to start going out with the script uh, soon, to get it to act, because it was also a, it was, um, it was also sort of, a, it was an English language film, so it was also, you know, has to do a lot with, with, you know, it's like a co-production scenario, Um <laughs> and then not only did the pandemic hit, then also the whole China-U.S. thing, and it's just like just wrong timing for everything. And so, so it's kind of like okay, well, sometimes that happens. You just got to roll with it, you know. So started doing a few other things. So I have a few projects. Another one's also like a crime, crime movie, sort of a different kind of a thing, which is being packaged right now. Stateside. And there's a couple other uh, local Chinese productions as well. So right now it's more of a, all right, have a bunch of irons in the fire, which everyone pops first, just go do that. You can't, you can't plan anymore. You know what I mean? It's like, you to sort of think you can plan and these are, really, you know, especially now you can't plan for anything. You have no idea what's going to happen. Just have a bunch of things ready just in case, you know? Yeah,
0: for sure. Well, I,
1: for me, I think, sorry, go ahead.
0: No, no, I was going to say, I hope, I hope, I can't wait to see, I can't wait to see the next project. Oh,
1: uh, Thank you. Yeah. No, I it's just, I think it's just, you got to roll with the punches now. And, and it's just a matter of, but still trying to keep the excitement of like, you know what, I try to do stuff that uh, I'm fortunate enough that at this time, anyways, I don't have to go and just go do something. You know, if I if I if I'm not feeling it, and you know, and I think some things are getting better. You know, Hollywood sort of recovering slowly. You know, China market was especially they came out of the pandemic much quicker. Um, and if you remember last year, the box office was insane. You know, which which to me is great because it shows that you know what it just means that people do want to go to theaters when they feel safe and they're going to go in droves. So this whole, oh, no one's going to watch movies in the theater. It's all going to be streaming. I don't buy it. Never did. And proof's in the pudding. So Thanks, man. That was really fun. I really enjoyed it. Yeah, well, thanks a lot. It was uh, was fun talking to you as well. And uh, (laughs) stay safe out there.
0: Thank you, Dayan. I thought that was great. Um, If you haven't yet, please rate the show. And if you're listening on Apple Podcasts, Give me five stars, leave a review. It helps a lot and it makes me feel good. Um, I did speak to the guys from Ogilvy. I promised you that interview. I'll probably put that up next week. I will talk to you then.